Welcome to The Friday Habit with Benjamin Manley and Mark Labriola II. The Friday Habit is for creators, entrepreneurs, and agency owners looking for actionable ideas on how to grow their business and be more profitable. We'll pull from our combined knowledge of over 20 years and interview thought leaders that will inspire you and give you the motivation you need to kick your business into high gear. Buckle up. It's Friday. Hey, and welcome to The Friday Habit. Today is uh, a Thursday. But uh, it's my birthday today, and uh, because of that, I thought that it'd be appropriate, or actually really Ben thought it would be appropriate for us to celebrate that a little bit here and have a conversation a little bit about my life. Uh, But also, I thought, hey, why don't we go live uh, on uh, Facebook, my page, uh, because it is my birthday. Um, So if you're listening to this, um, we'll make sure that the video of this is up uh, on our YouTube uh, page uh, so that you guys can can watch this as well as enjoy the audio version if you're just tuning into our podcast. Yeah, awesome. Dude, I'm super excited to do this. I have lots of questions for you. I want to kind of dive in and, and learn more about your life, how you've gotten to this point, and I'm just happy to be able to hang out with you on your birthday. So... I've got. I actually I got a um, icebreaker question for you as usual. Are you ready for this? <laughs> I'm. I'm always ready for the icebreaker question. All right. Cool. <laughs> Would you rather live one life that lasts one thousand years, or live ten lives that last one hundred years each? Oh, wait. Say that again. Now, would I rather live one life ten thousand years? Yeah, that's right. Or, or live. 10 lives of 100 years each. Ooh. Yeah. Now, now is it the same life that I'm living uh, in the sense of, am I the same person or is it like I'm being reincarnated into another person, but I get to Mm. keep all my memories and emotions and feelings? Because it's almost like the same thing, right? If I live for 10,000 years, then I essentially get to see all the technology and all the things that take place. But if I live a yep. hundred years, it might be more fun to live a hundred years of one life a thousand mm-hmm. times because then it's like, if you're like, yeah, I'm ready for a reboot on this sucker. You can just at <laughs> a hundred, yeah. you just die. And then it's like, you come back to somebody else and like, you got another shot. And then Man, if you can keep I, all your yeah. knowledge. <laughs> Dude, that's what I, I think that would be amazing because I'm always like wanting to try new things and it'd be like, your life could become an experiment. Nobody actually gets like two shots like that. And if you had the opportunity to learn from all that stuff, mm-hmm. start over and actually keep some of your knowledge, that would be pretty epic. I I think it would be pretty epic. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a goal for you, you know, on your birthday today, <laughs> as you're looking back, um, then, Hey, you know, think about, think about uh, what you've learned and pretend that you are starting over today and live the rest of your life. Like you have another shot. I, <laughs> I, I like that, Ben. <laughs> That's, that's my it. attempt at an inspirational. All right. Hey, let's move on to something more important. Would you rather be without elbows or without knees? <laughs> uh, good question. Um, I think that I would rather be without uh, knees because okay. I think about all the times you bend your arms within a day yeah. to do certain things, feed yourself, uh-huh. anything uh-huh. like that. I could walk around like a wooden soldier all day, you know, and I don't think it'd be that big of a deal. Um, you, you, you'd get used to it after a while, right? Yeah, totally. I mean, I, I know this wasn't one of the options, but I think I would prefer to have 
one bendable knee and one bendable elbow, and then one one straight arm. (laughs) So I could kind of hop around if I need to, and then I still have one usable arm, and then like one useless arm and leg. (laughs) That sounds pretty ridiculous and it seems clunky like after a while you'd be just stumbling out everywhere like this broken robot (laughs) yes that would be ridiculous all right so um just a quick note if you're listening to this and you're enjoying our podcast please subscribe and leave us a review in the apple podcast app really helps us reach more people and grow our community and normally our community we're talking about business related stuff we are going to cover some business related stuff today but mostly i just want to kind of celebrate mark and also just uh, get some of his backstory because i think you know as entrepreneurs and business owners it's cool to kind of see where other people have come from and where they've ended up how their past has shaped who they are now what they've learned so i want to get into some of that stuff asking mark some questions today so mark let's let's dive in are you ready I'm I'm so ready. I uh, all right. Yeah, I'm ready. I, you know, it's interesting because you know I have another podcast called How'd You Get Here, and it's usually me interviewing people on their stories on how they got to where they are. You know, everybody, whether you're a successful business person or a entrepreneur or a creative has some sort of story. And I feel like a lot of times people think that, oh, I could never do X, Y, and Z because I came from a certain background. Or, you know, they had they probably had some sort of silver spoon or advantage that I didn't have. And so what happens when we hear other people's stories is that it encourages us and reminds us that, you know, we're not so far from where we want to be and we have what it takes within us to be successful. Um, and so I'm usually the one on the other side of this interview asking people questions. So uh, I think it's fun and uh, it's endearing to me that you as my friend uh, want to interview me on on the podcast. And, uh, you know, hopefully my story would encourage, um, you know, anyone who who listens to this. So, yeah. All right. Let's start with, let's start at the very beginning. What are some of your first memories? Like what's the first memory you actually can go back to in your mind? Yeah. Um, it's interesting because, you know, I think that we try to remember certain things from our past uh, or experiences. And uh, I've kind of done that exercise to, to kind of think back, like, how far back can I remember? And it's kind of weird. Like, one of my biggest memories or, like, one of the first things I can think back to is I was probably two years old, maybe three years old. And I remember uh, making snow angels, um, Hmm. in the like little lawn area. My, my dad used to live in a trailer park, um, when I was really, uh, really young like that. And, um, and I just remember this like memory of me just like, and it was nighttime or like maybe five o'clock in the winter. So it was dark. And I just remember like making a snow angel, which is kind of like weird, but that's like my, that's like my first memory. (laughs) Making a snow angel. That's the first thing you remember ever doing. That's awesome. Yeah. What's your first memory? Oh, well, the show isn't about me, but let's see. <laughs> I know, but uh, now I'm curious. Like, yeah, what yeah. is the very first thing you uh, can remember? <laughs> I think the very first thing I remember, I think it was like my second or third birthday and I had a sandbox out back and I remember my birthday getting like some like little earth mover kind of, I forget what they're called, but like kind of like a backhoe, but uh, it's not a backhoe. I can't think of what it's called. A bulldozer. It was like a little bulldozer toy, you know, and I was playing in the sand out there. I, I think I remember 
my dad coming home on my birthday. I was out there playing. He came out on the back deck and he would always like take his shirt off and like beat his chest like Tarzan. (laughs) (laughs) That's such a random thing. But I think he would do that when he came home and be like, I'm home. And he would like pretend to be Tarzan. I don't really know why, but, uh, and just being excited that my dad was home. You know, I think that was probably Mm. my earliest memory. Nice. I was in, I was in Alabama. Where were you? Uh, I was in Colorado, actually. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I think uh, Broomfield, Colorado, you know, where my dad used to live back then. So that, that's really cool. Yeah. So what was, what was your childhood like? I know some, some stuff. And when you told me some of this stuff, I was like, what in the world? So everybody buckle up. There's some, <laughs> there's some, there's some stuff coming up that you wouldn't expect, which is kind of interesting. But yeah, what was your childhood like? Um, you know, from that memory on, like in the next few years growing up, what what was yeah. that like? Uh, you know, it, this was a, a very interesting, um, you know, story, and you know, I would say probably one of the reasons why I had some some success on American Idol uh, in the, back in the day um, because it is such a unique story. But you know, uh, my parents back in 1981 had me. Um, and, uh, shortly after that they split up and, uh, my mom kind of a free spirited hippie type person, you know, took my, my sister and I with her, uh, to California my dad in his early thirties, late twenties. Um, you know, just a young kid really, when I look back on it now that I'm 40, <laughs> um, yep. uh, you know, was kind of left, left, um, alone in, in, uh, Colorado. And, mm-hmm. um, and so I don't have many memories of that time. You know, that was essentially from the time I was really small, like maybe a year old or something like that until I was about two, um, two or three years old. Um, so I lived with my mom during that time when I was a really young, you know, baby. Uh, and then my dad just felt like, uh, you know, he, uh, became a Christian and kind of changed his life and uh, was kind of on this path of restoration in his own life. Mm-hmm. And um, and so he just felt like, hey, it's, you know, it's not right for me to be estranged from, from my family and I need to kind of like restore this, um, you know, relationship. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, he went out to California where uh, he kind of had some leads of where we might be. And, you know, we, when I was living with my mom, uh, you know, we lived in all sorts of weird places you know, some might call them like crack houses or, um, Mm. just really dilapidated communities. Uh, and then as well as, uh, like Hare Krishna temples and, and other types of, uh, communities that would bring, bring us in and feed us and stuff. We were really poor, but my dad kind of found my sister and I in this really destitute situation and brought us to uh, Colorado. And then, you know, I had kind of had memories of my mom, uh, but I, you know, didn't really know her, but kind of remembered her um, and lived with my dad until I was four years old. And then when I was four years old, my mom called my dad, said she was kind of coming through town and needed a place to stay. And, and he was like, all right, you can you know, stay for the night and, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And then in the middle of the night, um, you know, she took me, she kidnapped me. And, um, you know, as a kid, I, I didn't really think about it uh, because I, I knew her as my mom but uh, you know, we were we were on the run for six years. So six years of my life um, was kind of traveling from place to place. I spent most of my time in Hawaii, where we lived. Uh, you know, just very impoverished and and uh, in all sorts of different situations. 
weird tree houses and junkyards and uh, just hung out with the most um, eccentric, strange people. And, um, you know, kind of bounced around the islands of Hawaii. And then there was a season where my my mom had this boyfriend um, and he was from Alaska. And so we spent some time in Alaska and Fairbanks and Anchorage. And uh, during this whole time, my dad was kind of looking for me and uh, trying to trying to find me. And he actually hired a, a private investigator to uh, search for me because I was, you know, a missing child. And so in 1991, uh, when I was 10 years old, um, my dad found me and uh, we were living on Maui and they ran this whole sting operation and um, it was interesting because it was April 1st and the principal comes to the office or comes to the classroom and says, hey, you know, Mark, you need to come to the office. And being it that it was April 1st, I was thinking um, that uh, Denise, uh, you know, my mom, Denise, um, that she had, maybe she was going to like pull me out of school early and we were going to go have an adventure or, or whatever. And when I got to the, the principal's office, there was like two police officers there mm-hmm. and they're like, Hey, you know, do you know that you're kidnapped? And I instantly just started crying. I broke down and, uh, you know, freaked out. Uh, because mm. I I had known that I I was kidnapped, you know. I mean, Denise would okay. often she would also often threaten me, like if I was being a bad kid, mm-hmm. she would often threaten me and be like, "Hey, I'm gonna send you back to your dad if you don't behave." And I would be like, mm. "No, don't," because a- as a kid, my dad was very um, he was very like tough. He was very hard hearted. He grew up in a very abusive home. And he never learned how to love, you know, and so there wasn't really a tender side to him. And then also he had a lot of, um, you know, worries and fears about us turning out like Denise, you know, and so he was always kind of overprotective and overbearing and over controlling because he was afraid that, uh, that we would, you know, become drug addicts and, you know, really screw up our lives. Uh, and, and because of that, you know, he was really tough on us. And, and, and I think because he didn't know how to love, he just responded in a way that was always angry or, you know, frustrated. And as a kid, I kind of picked up on that energy a lot. And I always just thought of him as being kind of like mean, you know? And so Denise would always threaten me like, Hey, I'm going to send you back. So anyways, uh, when they Mm -hmm. found me, it was like, Oh, the, the gigs up and they took photos of me and faxed them back to Colorado. And they put me in this foster home and they kind of just stripped me away right away and then brought me back to uh, Colorado. And that's where, you know, for the first time I, um, you know, was reunited with my dad and my sister who, you know, I hadn't seen in six years. So your so your dad literally didn't even know if you're alive at that point, right? So yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that he had he had kind of known because as he had hired these private investigators to like find me, I was in and out of school, so I, I didn't have I wasn't like yeah. consistently in a school. Um, and you know, Denise would change my name or you know call me different things like that. And they had actually found me when I was in Alaska, actually. And, and my dad t- told me the story that they had actually found me uh, while I was in Alaska. And the company that he was working with at the time was going to do some sort of like extreme, like a re-kidnapping of me kind of thing to to get me back. Um, and so, you know, he essentially was, um, you know, he's like, I, I think that'll be too traumatizing, which it, it probably would have. And I'm thankful that didn't happen. And so, yeah, I mean, 
that's uh, that portion of, of my life. Uh, and, and like I said, during that time, um, you know, I experienced a lot of uh, terrible things, saw a lot of terrible things. You know, Denise really didn't have the most uh, savory characters as friends. And, you know, I was exposed to a lot of uh, things that kids shouldn't be exposed to. So, mm-hmm. yeah. What were, what were you like as a kid, like your personality in that, in that kind of time? Were you, did you shut down? Were you, did you come to life? Like, did you like the adventure? Like, what were you, what were you like as a kid? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, for me, uh, Denise was a very um, eccentric, carefree type person. You know, she was just this wild flower power person you know it was like everything was some sort of sign and every interaction so it was just you know as a kid I, I was very bubbly and happy and and the entertainer um tender-hearted you know I I think um I, I wasn't really you know somebody who was introverted or anything like that I was definitely an extroverted type person and so uh yeah I mean I I think as a kid I I you know just remember trying to be the life of a party, you know, make people laugh. And, and then I also had the ability to sing at a young age. Um, you know, I kind of had a self-awareness of mm-hmm. my voice um, being able to the sound above average, as I, mm-hmm. I like to tell people. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, I kind of, you know, would, would sing a lot, was, was into the Beatles and Elvis and, and music and, and things like that. So, Did anybody teach you? Did you have any like vocal coach or anything like that or was it more like just self-taught you just kind of yeah. picked it up because you know yeah, it, it was good. yeah it was all kind of self-taught and then but it was like i understood that the reaction that i was getting from people when i was singing was like a very positive reaction like it was like a mm-hmm. surprise you know like yeah like oh wow this you know yeah. eight-year-old kid nine-year-old kid like can actually like sing you know mm-hmm. like um and i remember actually when i when i first came to you know back to colorado I, my, you know, dad was going to a particular church and, and we started going to this church and, uh, he put me into the choir mm-hmm. and, um, the choir was going to have this really, you know, big choir event at this, um, retirement home and they'd been working on it for months and months and months. And so when I joined the choir, the teacher was like, well, you know, unfortunately, like you don't know the songs and you know, this event's next week. And so I was just like, Hey, if I learn all the songs, you know, could I, could I, you know, be in the choir? And I'm like 10 years old, you know, but I got my little cassette tape of all the songs and I like listened to them as I was, you know, going to sleep every night and I was memorizing the songs. And then like before they got on the bus to go to this, you know, recital, uh, you know, the choir teacher was like, all right, like, you know, you think you memorize these songs, kids, like, all right, go ahead, you know? And I like sang the songs back to him and he was taken aback by my voice one because he hadn't heard me sing yet and I, and and then you know that i'd memorized all these songs and and then he like was like tearing up like physically like starting to like get emotional and, and cry and wow. i was like like oh wow like this is cool mm. you know <laughs> what what made you so motivated to do that to like get get in with that choir what, what kind of was driving you i mean i think it was one is i was kind of like this odd man out i i had come not knowing anybody, you know, moving to Colorado as a little kid, you know, being taken away from the only family I knew. And, you know, I, I think it was just something that I, this idea of like, okay, like 
I know that if I put my mind to this thing, I can like do this, you know, like this is like mm-hmm. my gifting or my skill set. Like, let me like prove everybody wrong, you know? Yeah. So what, what was that like then, you know, changing, living with your dad and kind of growing up? And then I'd love to hear about kind of that transition in like into like, what was your first job? You know, how, yeah. how, how, do, what does that go like? Yeah. So again, it's like another chapter. Yeah. I think if I ever write a book, right, there'll be like these yeah. chapters <laughs> of, yeah. of these stories. Part one. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so then that kind of brings us to the second scene of, you know, I'm 10 years old and, you know, disconnected from Denise, really wasn't able to say like bye to her or anything like that. Did some family counseling as a kid, you know, we'd go to this space and they would allow us to, you know, talk on the phone, uh, mm-hmm. you know, to Denise. And the thing is that she had kind of been lying to me, like my, my whole life. Like there were so many things that like, you know, even her name, like in different different arenas, you know, she may be Lakshmi or she may be Genevieve, you know, she kind of had like people knew her by different names. So, and then Mm -hmm. even her age, like, like one of the things that really like hurt me the most, like impacted me the most was that, you know, she had lied to me about her age. Like, like Mm -hmm. I remember having birthday parties for her, you know, celebrating like her 24th birthday or something like that. Right. When Mm -hmm. really she's like, you know, 34 or something like that. Yeah. Wow. And as a kid, you know, I didn't think like, I I wasn't like, Oh, what what year were you born? You know, whatever. It's like, Oh, we're having a party for my mom. She's 24. Like, okay. Like none of that stuff made. And so when someone's like, no, Denise, you know, is her name. And like, she's 34 years old or however old she was. It was like, no, she's not like we had her birthday last year. And she's like, Uh, it's like, wow. And so, so like, yeah, you yeah, were in it deep. Like there was a like you didn't even know what was real and wasn't real. Yeah, exactly. It was yeah. it was crazy, man. It was yeah. it was so weird. And and it was a ten year old kid. It's like what the heck, you know? Yeah. Um. And so there was like this really difficult period. I think when I was really young, like that, like ten from ten years old to you know twelve, you, like yeah. Do you well, feel like that? Does that change like how you see the world or people ever? Like the idea that you were in something for six years and you thought that was the reality, and then you had a complete perspective shift. Does that make you more uh, cautious, or does it make you wonder? You know, what what else could happen like that? Or I mean, no. I think what it does really is it gives me empathy for a lot of different people and situations. And, um, it, it allows me to, to kind of like see the perspective, like, you know, sometimes Mm. we hear these stories on the news, you know, we, we hear these, uh, you know, like, how could they ever do this? You know? And, and for me, like, I think back and, and, and they're like, Oh, they must be some malicious psychopath, you know? And then I Mm -hmm. think back to maybe situations that I experienced. I was like, well, I knew some people that weren't malicious psychopaths that did X, Y, and Z. So Mm -hmm. I wouldn't necessarily go down that path right away, you know? Right. And so I think if anything, it's given me more empathy to understand like where someone else may be coming from for a particular situation and not judge so harshly into a situation, you know, without, without getting all the facts and, and understanding all the different things, you know? Yeah, that totally makes sense. So from there, you know, as this kind of being the next chapter, where, where did that take you? I know that you 
kind of pursued some of the singing, you know, and I want to get into the band and that kind of stuff. Yeah. But like, what comes next is that, did you start working some jobs in a career? Did you pursue music or what happened next? Yeah. So at, at 10 years old, um, you know, got really involved with a church, um, you know, made a lot of good friends, um, started singing regularly, um, you know, would enter into like national singing competitions and, and, um, you know, different things like that as a kid, you know, within our little, you know, sphere. Um, and, you know, kind of lived that life. Uh, you know, and at the time my dad, um, you know, was very, he was still pretty, uh, afraid, you know, afraid that my sister and I would, would turn out like Denise. Um, and, uh, he still didn't have a capacity to, you know, be tender and, and loving to to kids because he was never modeled that and never showed that. And so um, he was really tough on my sister and I and, um, you know, did a lot of things that I'm sure, you know, that he um, would take back if he could. Um, and then, you know, a lot of times because of the, you know, church we were involved in and, and you know, the you know, religious nature of the church that we were in, it was this idea of, you know, if you spare the rod, you're going to spoil the child, you know? So he thought, mm -hmm. well, if I discipline these kids enough, they'll like turn out okay and be good, you know? But mm -hmm. as a kid, I just felt that, you know, it was more abusive and it was more hurtful, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and, um, and so I really lived the double life in the sense of, you know, I was kind of living in fear at home and uh, as a kid, you know, kind of always walking on eggshells and being afraid of like, when is my next, you know, spanking going to come or when is, mm -hmm. you know, like I'm going to do something wrong and then, you know, my dad's going to fly off the handle and, and uh, you know, be angry with me and, and you know, punish me um, un unproportionate or improportionate to, you know, the thing that I did wrong or, or whatever. Um and so that kind of went on for, um, you know, a lot of years. And then when I was 14 years old, um, I uh, was a freshman in high school and uh, there was Little Caesars Pizza. And at Little Caesars Pizza, um, if I got a worker's permit from my counselor, I could get a job at Little Caesars Pizza. And so I went to my counselor and was like, hey, I, I want to start working. Um, and really it was like a way for me to get out of the house. You know, it's like, all right, if I'm not home, you know, then I can't get abused. I can't, you know, get hurt. And so I got a worker's permit and, you know, went up and, and, uh, really hit it off with the manager there. Uh, you know, I was kind of a nerd. I loved like Star Trek and Star Wars and, um, uh, you know, was just kind of into all this nerdy stuff. And so was he. And it's funny cause you know, he's like, you know, I think minimum wage was like four twenty five. You know, mm -hmm. he's like, you know, I like you, Mark. I'm gonna give you four fifty an hour. <laughs> I was like, like, yes, thank you, sir. <laughs> yeah. I was like, this is awesome. I was like so excited, and um, and so started working at Little Caesars Pizza, and I, and I absolutely loved it. It was like my first job, and it was a way for me to get out of the house, and I could make some money, and um, and then I started meeting other people, you know, that were kind of my age. And I remember um, very vividly, Creed was playing on the radio. So this mm -hmm. dates me, you know, Creed was on the radio and I was like washing the dishes or something like that. And I was singing this song. And then there was like this other guy, you know, at Little Caesars who was also singing the song and he sounded pretty good too. And I was like, 
hey man <laughs> like you sing he's like yeah and he's like i sing and and um we kind of just hit it off and he was like hey do you want to come to to youth group with me and again it was like another thing to get me out of the house and and you know less opportunity for me to to be punished or you know get in trouble for something and um you know my dad had kind of left this church that he was a part of that was you know very legalistic and fundamentalist and um you know really abrasive um church and he'd kind of left and and was kind of on his own discovery path of like what was next for him and his faith and mm-hmm. and and all that and so he was kind of open to the idea of me um you know going to youth group and and you have you have to like understand like you know when i live with denise it it was like i was like a say i would cuss like a sailor as a little kid like i had a foul mouth you know i was like this street kid you know this hood rat from like hawaii like and it was always like you know we were broke and it was like i got to get mine you know it was like this mentality of like you know if i don't take it like you know i'm not going to get it and like you know i mean i would i would steal hundreds and hundreds of dollars worth of toys from the store and like i was just like this really like broken down poor kid who you know was struggling and like I said, like cussing like a sailor and doing all this other kind of stuff. And, you know, when I moved in with, with my dad, it was like a complete opposite. It it was like like he was going to church three days a week and, you know, like dressing up on, on, on Sunday, you know, and, and wearing suits and all all this other kind of stuff. And then it, I, I wasn't allowed to like listen to any music and music was like a huge part of my, my, my life, you know, in childhood. And, and it was just like, you can only listen to hymns and I couldn't even listen to like Christian rock like DC talk or jars of clay. Like, um, and I remember, you know, I was kind of saving my money and and, and whatnot. And I had bought, um, I bought like this discman and I went to Walmart and I bought this, um, like this really cool discman, you know, like had like skip protection and all these like, you know, things you remember those, right? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. And, um, and so I, I got this disc man and then I had a, a buddy at school who um, was really into music and he had brought me uh, some CDs like Elvis and uh, the Beatles white album, which, you know, is one of my favorite records. And uh, I would like sneak listen to this music and the same thing. Like when I was walking to work or walking to school in the morning, I would sneak listen to the radio, you know, cause I wasn't allowed to listen to, you know, non him music you know it was like so i was kind of like sneaking music and listening i'd i'd babysit my cousin and my aunt kind of knew how you know intense my dad was and she would like leave out cds you know of like cheryl crow and warren g and i would like like i'd put my cousin to sleep and then i would like listen to music you know all night Uh and um and so i remember this one time where my dad like I, I had this starter jacket. I don't know if you remember the starter jackets from back in the nineties. It was like the puffy jacket that had like a big pouch in the front that Velcroed and, uh, you'd get your favorite sports team and, you know, have, have this like, you know, puffy jacket. And so I had the CD player in this jacket and somehow the play button got pushed and he, and, and I was like leaving the house and he was like, he could hear it. He's like, what is that? And I was like, Oh, and he like found this CD player and like it had like a Elvis CD in it or something like that. And he was like furious with me and he like took it away. And, and I had lied. I said, Oh, that's my friend's like CD player and his CD, like, please, like, you know, so after a few days I was like, can I, can I just take it back to him at school? And I, uh, you know, took the CD player back and, um, you know, like diverted that, that, um, 
you know, catastrophe. But, um, but yeah, so started going to, to youth group and with, with a buddy of mine and we were able to just spend time together at work and at youth group and really found a core group of friends there. Um, many of them I'm, I'm still friends with, you know, to this day and know. Um, and when in the youth group, they actually let the, the kids lead all the music. Um, and so there was like this graduating class of like all the seniors led the music and they were all graduating. And so there was like, okay, we need to get a new group of kids to, to do the music. And so, you know, my friends and I, we had one friend, friend who kind of played acoustic guitar a little bit already. We had one friend who was, uh, played, uh, quads like in drum line, you know, at school. Mm-hmm. And then, um, my buddy I worked with, he's like, well, I'll learn how to play guitar. And I was like, well, I sing because that's what I do. So I'll do that. And so we started this band, um, in to youth group, you know, when we were sophomores, in high school, freshman and sophomore in high school. And we just started, you know, doing our thing. Um, uh Oh, you know what time it is? <laughs> I hear the train. I didn't get to the mute button quick enough. It's too That's late. all right. <laughs> for anyone who's tuning in um ben's offices are near a train yard and so from time to time you will hear that train whistle and that is my cue to play our our train song it's part of our brand at this point that's right <laughs> uh anyways and so we started a band and um just started learning you know church songs and, and things like that and and playing music and um that was a great escape for me you know all right we're gonna pause this conversation here uh go to the fridayhabit.com there you can find show notes for this episode uh there you can also find links to our websites and ways to get in touch at the bottom of the page you can download our guide to the friday habit system that will show you how to set aside one full day each week dedicated to working on your business instead of in your business If you're not already, make sure you subscribe. Uh, If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear next week's episode, subscribe so you get notified. Uh, Also, leave us a review in Apple Podcast app uh, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you want to potentially be on one of our episodes uh, with a question you ask us, go ahead and record a quick message in your phone, voice memo, and email it to hello at thefridayhabit.com. Until next time, live every day like it's Friday. Friday.